Um, let's get into it, though. We do have our, our guest. It's Jesse Doggerty. He's an author. He's a writer for the Washington Post, Nationals beat writer. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. It's Doggerty underscore Jesse. Jesse, thank you much, uh, so much for joining us here on Iron Sports. Yep, you got me? Yeah, I got you now. So... Yep. Got to be a pretty fun time to be living in Washington, D.C. I mean, you guys have been turning out some championships lately, uh, with, with the exception of, of basketball and obviously the Redskins who we were talking about earlier, but exciting time to be there. For sure, man. And just, you know, from our perspective, seeing the newspaper get to cover this town has been really fun. I mean, you, you think back to 2018, the Caps won the, the Stanley Cup, and then, you know, since then, the Washington Mystics won the WNBA championship, the Nationals won the World Series. A lot of good stuff going on. It's um, you know they have three championships in in such a short period of time. When for a while there, their Washington team couldn't make it past the first round of the playoffs. It's just kind of a stark difference in luck and and fortune. And I think uh, you know as journalists, writers, we uh, we've, we're certainly having a great time providing providing the coverage of it. Ira, what do you have for Jesse? Jesse, in 2012, 14, 16, and 17, the Nats make the playoffs but don't advance. Then suddenly in 18, they lose. Well, not suddenly because it was coming on there. They lose your star, superstar player, Bryce Harper. And everyone's like, rebuild mode, rebuild mode. And it's amazing how losing to Harper, they were still able to come back and win this World Series, losing their their transcendent team uh, superstar player. Yeah, it's interesting. I will push back. Nothing nothing happens suddenly in baseball, the one sport. Um, it's just not possible. <laughs> it's, everything's very slow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've gotten a question a lot. I mean, how does the Bryce factor, the Bryce situation factor in the National League in the World Series? Um, I think there's a few ways. One, uh, addition, addition by subtraction in a sense, um, not necessarily because losing Bryce is a good thing. You're taking a guy out of the lineup who's a 35-home run guy, 110 RBIs, a transcendent power hitter, uh, walks you know, as much as anybody in the league. That's, you want those things in your order. But by not bringing back Bryce, it allowed you to sign Patrick Corbin. It allowed you to sign a second baseman, a fourth starter for $19 million over two years. The allocation of resources that they gained and were able to spread elsewhere was a really huge factor in the way this roster was constructed. And I really think of a World Series run as a Jenga tower in a sense. Like, if every single piece is not in place, I don't think you win. <laughs> and a Jenga tower in a sense, because if one block comes out, the whole thing falls down. And does, and does that mean just Bryce Harper? No, it also means Brian Dozier. It also means... Daniel Hudson, Javi Guerra, Fernando Rodney. Um, you may, it may seem silly to point out these guys who weren't the superstars, weren't the big names, but all those things have a factor into to what do I think you win the World Series, not just the guys at the top. I think everything has to fall in place at the right time. So on May 24th, the Nationals are 19-31. and 31. The odds of winning the World Series were, whatever the people say, 1.5%. They had just been swept by the Mets. So everything is falling apart. They're an oldest team. Everybody said they're going to trade all the players. They're going to trade Strasburg. They're going to trade Rendon. And they make a trade for Gerardo, Gerardo Parra, it's Baby Shark, on the May 11th. And somehow that team at that level, at 1931, they were able, in, in your book, Fight to the Finish, you, you really talk about that time when it was when Martinez stayed positive and everything about how that team, at the lowest of the low, was still positive and, and felt like they could at least come back in the season somehow. Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with belief, right? Like, if you if you just want to come to the park every day and lose and, and think that you're done, like, yeah, you're probably going to lose. And I think there's a measure of, you know, the, it starts with just kind of thinking it can happen. And I, th I think the Nats would always joke and say, I mean, they were lucky after that series. They were getting the Marlins, which obviously were sort of a one of the worst teams in baseball. And uh, and they came up and win three or four, and then they sweep the Braves, and then they win two or three in Cincinnati. And then you kind of you kind of gain some traction, and you slowly start to move forward. And I think um, – it's, it's one block at a time in baseball. Like I said, nothing can happen fast. 
it has to really be methodical. So it really is one small building block at a time that gets you gets you over the hump. And I think this team showed that. I mean, you can't you can't you can't make up 15 games in the standings in one day. You can't score six runs with one swing. You have to really do things. You have to nibble away at it, and it's maddening and it really tests patience. But I mean, this team showed that if you weather that and if you were able to withstand it, then you can get to the mountaintop eventually. And then uh, the playoff run is just why I love this team so much is that they overcame the Dodgers and, and, and the Astros. I mean, two teams that all year, besides the Yankees, people are saying are at another level. I mean, they're at the Clemson, LSU, Ohio State level of playing. So that's what was so exciting to see. It's like almost Oklahoma beating LSU. That's what, what's, but, but people forget about that wild card game against the Brewers. I mean, to, 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 be, to be down two runs to Josh Hader, the best reliever in the game, and be able to somehow get a win in that, that was, that game was like the, the spark to the team there to, to win that. Yeah, and the Brewers are a lefty-lefty matchup with the bases loaded, Juan Soto and Josh Hader, and you kind of think that, um, you know, you, you're good there. That's the matchup you want. That's the kind of situation you want to be in. But, you know, it, when you think about it, I mean, the Nationals over the years, you mentioned all those years they made the playoffs, 2014, you know, 2012, 2016, 2017. Every time, every time there was a bounce, every time there was a moment where, you know, it could go one of two ways, it seemed to go the other way. You know, it was Pete Cosma hitting a single off in 2012. It was that crazy inning against the Cubs in 16 when Max Scherzer came in in relief, and it just seemed like the entire world went crazy. And and I think, you know, the ball hits a divot in the outfield wherever it hit, and there's some cosmic baseball gods thing happening. But, you know, Trent Grisham overruns the ball. It goes to the outfield. It scored three runs to two on the same single, and it kind of felt like, you know, talking guys now and catching up with them in the offseason, but that was their moment to say, wow, maybe this is our year. Maybe maybe we're not the team now that's just destined to have every, every single bounce you know, go against us. Maybe we actually can be the one that gets a little bit of luck. And I think, again, I mean, that it's corny and it's cliche and it kind of sounds like coach speak, but the idea of not just assuming you're going to lose in October, which for many years, it's just if you were a D.C. team, you lost in October. You lost in the playoffs. I mean, but, um, you know, that team actually started to believe because, you know, they get that one bounce and then from there, it's just, you know, it's like wildfire. Everything just everything starts going that way. But then to go against the Dodgers, I spent so much time in L.A. This and and you're going to games and it's like they were almost destined. They felt like you know they had this 21 point game lead almost the since June. They're rolling along. They have Bueller. They have Kershaw. They have two level two. They have a position player at every position that could that could start anywhere. And and then they're going against the Nats and and then they take that lead. And then the Nats. I, I thought the key game was in uh, in game f- I guess it was four or three when Ryan Zimmerman had that. Or games four that huge three-run home run to sort of say even though we're down 2-1 we're still going to come back and and talk about Ryan Zimmerman someone who's been there from the beginning and and, and the role he played on this team in terms of uh, uh for them to win the, the World Series yeah I mean I think you know first off like when you talk about those teams like the Dodgers and the Astros I mean, they're kind of it's hard to make super teams in baseball there's so many spots um, it's all basketball where if you add two guys, you kind of you can have this quote unquote super team. But you know that's what those were. I mean, those were you know the Astros were the best team in the regular season, and then add Zach Greinke at the trade deadline. The Dodgers were, you know, for all intents and purposes, a super team. You know, you said up and down their order, this was so good. So the Nationals, I think, what you have to do in that situation is kind of put a little doubt in their head. They're supposed to win. They're supposed to dominate you. If you kind of flip that a little bit and say, hey, maybe. Maybe we're going to like push them a little bit. Maybe we're going to make them think that there's a chance they're going to lose this. You can kind of flip the table and flip the pressure. And you mentioned that game four when a guy like Zim comes up. I mean, he was first first draft pick in, in the organization's history. He, uh, you know, he's obviously been around for every bump of the road and every triumph and failure. 
and to see him in moments like that, I mean, he, he not only hits that home run, he also hits the first home run of the World Series. So the first draft pick ends up scoring the first run of the World Series for a franchise is pretty cool. So just a lot of cool moments along the way, man. It's, it's just pretty magical. And then, and then, like even the game five against the Dodgers, when you bring when they're, when they're starting with Walker Bueller, their superstar, they bring Kershaw in relief. You guys have Strasburg in, and Corbin's going to come into the game. Just the use of the starting pitchers and how that happens, and then have it's great to see. I mean, sometimes the, the, when you see the superstars like Soto and Rendon hit those home runs against Kershaw, superstar versus superstar. I mean, that was just tremendous in Chavez Ravine in Dodger Stadium. What a, that was just. I mean, you went right at the Dodgers and won the game against their strength yeah i mean i think it's it's, it's kind of when the game's at its best like our best guy versus your best guy and let's see who wins and uh, obviously we saw how that went in that case with the nats and dodgers but that's that's when the game's it's most fun i think it was just good for the sport to have those kind of moments obviously good for the nationals because it went their way Right, and then we don't, we don't want to gloss over the Cardinals series, but you easily won that uh, in four games. And then to get to the World Series, it's I've been saying during this whole time, I mean, I, I'm, we're down here in West Palm Beach, we see you guys, we see the Nats versus the Astros every day and the Cardinals, the way they are all playing there. And I think that familiarity uh, really, really helped the Nationals. I mean, you heard sometimes what Soto was saying about Cole. It's like, I got to hit against him a lot during spring training, so I was more comfortable. And people said, well, that was months and months ago. But I do think that familiarity did help uh, the Nationals be able to go against this, quote, super team in the Astros. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't buy that too much because it, then it would work both ways. So I think, you know, in some ways that familiarity could be neutralizing. I think... I think if a guy like Soto individually maybe picked up something in, in, uh, down in West Palm or he was on spring training, then maybe it could help him. But from a team-wide perspective, I don't know if that would shift the uh, pendulum one way or the other. Because, you know, if you think about it, both teams could see each other the same amount. Right. But then, so you get to the World Series, and, and that first game, I mean, when Cole hasn't lost, the Dashers didn't lose a game since July 12th. Um, they had won 171 games, had the best record in years at, at home. And to actually win that first game and then and then to, to beat Verlander in game two, just what, I mean, that's unheard of. And, that, and I was there for the Nats on games three, four, when they came back and they were like, this is, we actually could do this. I mean, I think that belief is like we just beat the big bad Astros at home. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um Certainly two really impressive games. I mean, like I said, you kind of put in the back of their heads that maybe this is going to shift differently than they expected, and then I think that's when you kind of become like a ball rolling down the hill a bit. You kind of get that momentum, and then that's, that's when things start to turn. But then they come back to Washington, and then they lose three games at home. They get totally blown out. And by game five, it was – I mean, I was there. I mean, most of the fans had left. It was not – it was like one of those things that I felt like – you know, you felt like, okay, they that was the fight. You call the, the game the fight to the finish. We're fighting. It was almost like the fight was out of them. And uh, – but then – and even – I just think that was what – I mean, for that for a team to be – to lose three at home and then go back to the Astros and win those final two just to – and even be down in both those games. Games, that just shows you the grit that you, you know, in your, in your book, The Fight to Finish, you're talking about they just never gave up until the game seven. Yeah, yeah, they, they lost three at home and uh, were down 3-2. And I think that, like, at that point of the year, they've been pretty tested by, you know, their schedule and the circumstances they've been in for a while. You're talking about having to kind of be in quote-unquote win-now mode since mid-May because you're so down in the standings that I think you're kind of conditioned to play in that way, and that, that can help. Instead of just, you know, coasting along, you had a trying season from start to finish, and then that, that shows up late when you obviously end up, end up getting past the Astros there. 
and talk about for a second about about the future, I guess, of the Nationals and Juan Soto. I mean, the 20 year old who who had that series, and, and I'm sure you've had a lot of opportunity to talk to him. But how someone at his age was able to stay with these? I mean, he played an entire month of pressure baseball, and and what was his his mindset to be able to just have big hit after big hit? Yeah, I mean, I think the extra time with him is probably easier than most guys. Uh, think about kind of miles on your car, it, um, or a guy like Howie Kendrick, or. Ryan Zimmerman or even Max Scherzer or some of the pitchers, they're probably the ones who had trouble with that extra month. I think Juan at 20 probably is prime more than anybody to play extra extra time. But um, obviously a bright future. He's, you know, in terms of contract and stuff, he's under team control for a while now. So that's not to worry about that for a bit. So um, that, that's working in their favor that he's not coming up on any kind of free agent year because he's certainly sought after by every team in the league. He's just such a trend on the talent. Um, but, but yeah, in terms of extra playing, I think he was, he was probably pretty fresh and, um, just you know, let alone just um, pure pure miles on his on his body without much other guys. So he's he's pretty good for that. We're talking to Jesse Doherty, who I wrote, a writer for the Washington Post, who has a book, Fight to the Finish. It's available in stores and online. And we know we have a lot of Nats fans down here getting ready for spring training in, a, in two months. But just one more question. Uh, they, Nats had some, some tough decisions to make this offseason in terms of do they keep Strasburg, do they keep Rendon? They were able to sign Strasburg, but Rendon was able to go to the uh, L.A. Angels. Talk about maybe the thinking when you were you know, hearing from the, the brass, the front office, why they made that decision of Strasburg over Rendon. Yeah, I mean, this, this team's identity has always been in starting pitching. I think, uh, you know, you invest $95 million last year for your rotation, and you don't win the World Series without either of those guys. I mean, that's, that's the fact of the matter. But um, the, they weren't willing to pay market value for both to keep them on the team, uh, keep them on the same payroll, and that would obviously have been a really high number um, combined for both guys. So I think when you when you ended up having to make the decision, and like you said, it was a tough one, um, you side with the fact of like what your identity and the core of the identity is starting pitching, and I think that's um, that's how they wanted it to remain. So um, that's that's the direction they went in. Wow. Well, Jesse, thanks so much for coming on. I, 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 your yep. book is the book is tremendous. There's great pictures. I love the pictures, and and that was anything. And and I guess the one can I, I want to finish with just one question is the one thing I saw from this team is it really brought the town together. I mean, it's like there's you always hear about Republicans, Democrats, and this and this, but it seemed like when you know, I, went, I went to all three games, I went to like five of the playoff games, three of the World Series games. It really was a, a team. When you say, I know it sounds cliche, but it did bring that town together in terms of everybody supporting the Nationals and I, I thought from that aspect alone this team will always be remembered for that yeah I mean I think um, I think there's still obviously a lot of dissonance here politically uh, I don't know if the team solved that necessarily but um, you know it was the rallying point I think anytime you have a team going to run and, and uh, make a big push in the playoffs it can get really exciting and um, we did see that for sure as you mentioned so um, definitely definitely a cool moment for this town and, uh, and, and you kind of You'll see how if they can ride the wave, they can sort of turn it into a new generation of fans, maybe grip some people that maybe weren't on board before, and um, we'll see that. I think the, the fruits of that will not be quite yet, but in the coming years, uh, in the next generation, and the kids that grow up, um, they're growing up now and watch that run unfold, and now we'll bring their kids to the park um, You know, when they, when they end up having families. I think you hope that there's sort of a, if you're the Nationals, you hope there's sort of a generational effect where this spirals forward and 
and really can grip a fan base for, for not just one year or two years, but for generations to come. And I think that's when we'll really know sort of the, the full effect of, of something like this. Well, again, thank you so much, Jesse, for coming on Iron Sports. I appreciate it. The book is Fight to the Finish in the Washington Post Press, but it's available online everywhere. I, I strongly suggest anyone buy it. If you're a Nats fan, baseball fan, it's a really good book to read and with great pictures. So thanks again for coming on Iron Sports. Yep, thanks, guys. Appreciate it.